Hi, I'm Martha from Chapel Hill, North Carolina. The Sound of Young America is an independent production supported by listeners like you and me. If you'd like to donate to support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Live on tape from my house in Los Angeles, I'm Jesse Thorne, and this is The Sound of Young America from MaximumFun.org. Radio It's the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest on the program is Chris Onstad. He's the creator of uh, one of the world's most popular online comics called Akewood, which was recently turned into a book called The Great Outdoor Fight, also not that long ago named the uh, top graphic novel by Time Magazine, despite the fact that it is not a graphic novel at all, uh, but is in fact an online comic strip which I think makes the honor even greater. Chris, welcome to The Sound of Young America. Hi, thanks for having me in. Did someone call you from Time Magazine and tell you that you were won the Best Graphic Novel Award? I got an email, and they said, hey, are you ready for a phone call? And I said, well, goodness, what's this all about? And they said, <laughs> are you ready for a phone call? Yeah, like, Usually I'm not actually ready for a phone call. Everybody goes to voicemail. I get my head together, and I call them back the next day. So... I called and like they know what a great big award it is, and I didn't even know what was happening because I hadn't published a graphic novel that year, you know. But here I am winning this award for it, and I, I didn't really wrap my head around what the uh, what Lev Grossman, who 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 awarded us that title, was doing. He was recognizing and acknowledging that this online comic, with its ancillary blogs and other services, is sort of like the new version of a graphic novel, if you will. And so I thought that was kind of a bold move. Let's talk a little bit about what Akewood is. When you say online comic strip, I think people imagine Dilbert. And when you say graphic novel, I think people imagine, you know, uh, The Dark Knight Returns or something like that. Right, or The Watchmen or some, some big, dense, muscly type people thing. Exactly. What is Akewood? How, do you, how would you describe it? Akewood is a fictional universe that is based around 13 to 20 characters and it's been called cult and the most common thing i hear about it is people say yeah it's really hard to get into but once you do it's worth it and that's awesome because i remember when i was little my friends big brothers would have these big like dune books with the dune mythos and their their dictionaries of all the dune and the maps and everything and i just like i like creating this world and playing with these characters in it and um trying to be responsible with their development over time because there are several major like personality archetypes in the universe. The strip actually began in a very different form than it takes today. Tell me about its very beginnings. The very beginning was I was at work and I'd go on walks at lunchtime and I'd write I'd try to write down a funny thought that I had that day or just something that came to me. I'd go home and I'd try to stick it in three panels with some stock art of like really quick drawings that I made. Today, it, it became the thing I never wanted it to be, which was one of those like Rex, Morgan, Mary, Worth type things that you can't get into unless you've been following it forever. I always thought, oh, I never want to do one of those like King Arthur things that you just can't get into unless you commit to it. But like, lo and behold, to really make characters that people care about, you have to move to a longer format and you have to give them personalities, you know. 
because I didn't just want to write like a gag a day strip. Because it's really hard to write a really funny comic strip every day. I found it to be impossible. But um, <laughs> you, you were still working when you started the strip, right? Oh, yes, and thankfully so, because you don't you don't make money off of something like this at all at the beginning, and it's hard to make it over time. So I was a uh, I was a graphic designer in Silicon Valley, and as a graphic designer at an engineering firm, you're kind of like the easiest guy to pinch when things get tight because they don't really need you that bad. And um, I got a good severance package because it was the days of severance packages, 2002, I think it was, right before everything completely tanked. And um, my wife had a job at the time. And so we just said, you know what? Let's see if you can make a go of this comic strip you've been doing for a while. We we bought $260 worth of forest green beefy teas and had a cat roast beef printed on them. And to my absolute surprise, they sold. So... That's when the ball started rolling for this being a business. There are uh, roast beef is one of the two sort of driving characters of this strip. Um, it, tell me about uh, roast beef and uh, his counterpart Ray. Roast beef is your, I won't say garden variety, borderline undiagnosed depressive sort, but um, he he he's a cat with some issues. He's the solitary guy from the bad background. The trailer, living with his grandma's mom, worked at Seven Eleven, and you know, free based in the bathroom with her boyfriends, that kind of thing. He's that guy, sure, right? That guy, you know, his room stank, you know, because no one ever washed his sheets. He 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 um he obsessed about his things. He's he's a computer science guy, self taught, you know, from the day, take building his own machines. And Ray is his wealthy, you know, I, it's like Yin and Yang, wealthy, bold, happy, fat cat guy who has everything he wants. He drives the big Escalade. His mom always bought him like. Jimmy's and Stussy, you know, pants and shirts and the swatches and stuff. He he's the guy who came to school and had, um, you know, two different hostess snacks and like an awesome store made sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and roast beef was the guy who got like the ticket for the you know the the egg sandwich at lunchtime. Tell me about why you started four years or so ago to spread this out across the internet media make it more than just a you know a strip four times a week what happened was honestly we were at this uh, funky old family-owned grocery store and we found this they were having a, uh, a sale on this weird rum and it was cloudy and it was from new orleans and i think it's gone now. it was called in period o period rum and I, I was looking at it, i was like oh this looks interesting and so i took it home and it, i guess it had a really high sugar content or something because i i made like a rum and coke with it and i sat down and i was like blogs what's that all about and so i, I was like google does a blog thing right and so i went and i sat down and it, it was so easy to use I, I could start a blog in like 30 seconds you know and so i was like oh i'm gonna make a blog for one of my characters this will be easy you know i had the, all the all the rum confidence going and the rum energy and i i sat down and i made one i think Oh, God, I forget which the first one was. I, did, I, I started nine blogs that night and updated each of them like three times. Oh, it, it was like the dam breaking. Because there have been these characters and so much going on in my head all the time. But you, you can't do something good in three to six panels a day. I mean, well, maybe some people can. I can't. I, I really wanted to do so much more with their voices and have, you know, put their filter on these certain situations that, you know, had happened during my day. Yeah, it was, it was cathartic. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the book, The Great Outdoor Fight. It, 
captures a uh, story arc in the comic strip sort of in the in the form of a novel and uh, I think really flies in that form at least from my perspective did you have an idea of what this story arc was going to be when you started writing it no you'll notice that when the when the story starts the guys are playing around with the idea of selling people little scrotums that you can hang on your phone uh-huh. like you know you've seen them hang off pickup trucks sure everybody you know, sure it's it's not uh, unique to where we live uh, one guy's mom comes to visit, and I still didn't know what was happening with the story at that point. And then she tells him that his dad won the great outdoor fight. And I was like, that sounds like a neat idea. What is that? That is sounds like a big sort of Mad Maxi free form brawl of men, sort of uh, the contest of men, you know, which doesn't really exist anywhere. I mean, they're, you know, fight clubs and what, whatnot. But um, I couldn't think of one from like history or entertainment, and there probably is one out there somewhere. But it was. Uh, and then I thought of the phrase, three days, three acres, 3,000 men. And I kind of I actually got misty. I was like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this is a fun idea. <laughs> and so it just rolled from there. I didn't know how it was going to end either. Like, I, um, I, I I got these guys, like, right up to the last minute of the fight. And I didn't know how it was going to end. At first, I had um, Ray, like, just beating roast beef up like he had to do to win the fight. And then I guess I went through Ray's frustration, and I I had them do what they do, and I don't know if you want me to give this away or if it. We should just... probably keep it secret. Okay, we'll give we'll keep the ending secret. It surprised me, and that's the best. That's what I always want to do with writing is for me to be shocked and surprised at what happens because that's when, when you know you're really working from the backside of your head, the unexpected gears and recesses, and not doing the easy thing. So the setup to this story is uh, Ray, the, the sort of uh, spoiled, optimistic, can-do-anything character who you described earlier, um, finds out that his father was the champion of something called the Great Outdoor Fight, which is um, essentially a three-day-long brawl, which leaves only one man standing, um, which has near-mythic proportions in this universe. And uh, he and Roast Beef, who, who is his best friend and it turns out is an expert on this thing, decide to take it on and uh, bypass the qualifying rounds because they are what is called BOC for Blood of Champions. So... <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> it what, sounds real. What was... You, you just described this feeling of like, oh man, this is fun. Like, what was it about this, the abstraction of this idea? What were the specifics that left out that made it seem fun? The idea of one man defeating 3,000 men. Okay, obviously it's not that easy. There, if there are 3,000 people over three days... There are going to be uh, communities that form and friendships made and bonds and, and betrayals and all that sort of thing. I thought, well, this is um, it's a Petri dish with finite walls. Let's see what happens when you put the following ingredients inside. As a, as a, as a writer, it, was like, it wasn't too big to manage. Like I kind of knew where it was going to begin and end, so that was a good uh, container for the project. And um, I was excited to put them in there and see what happened, who they encountered. I had some fun with it. That, you know, there's the... There are the guys you'd expect in there with the handlebar mustaches and the big muscles and the belt buckles and stuff. And then there are the guys you wouldn't expect, like the uh, the yoga recumbent uh, Tai Chi guy. And then <laughs> um, there, there are the little rituals, like on day two, you feast on turkeys and brandy if you're one of the leaders <laughs> of the army. And the whole like front of this Great Outdoor Fight book is all the backstory that I never got to put in the strip because it's like, you know, it's pages and pages of writing. At what point did you think of naming one of the characters Latino Health Crisis? The Latino Health Crisis. 
is it Danny Trejo? He's a he's a character actor who always plays like the Scarface tattooed, yeah, sure, sure, tough Mexican dude. The Latino health crisis doesn't it sound like something that just didn't translate well, <laughs> like from the original <laughs> Spanish? There's a really interesting resonance in this book. You you alluded to the presence of the fact that there are real life fight clubs, and I think for every real life fight club. There's a thousand groups of four 19-year-old guys talking about starting a real-life fight club all across the nation. Did you start thinking about that kind of that kind of uh, stunted physical violence that exists in so many uh, 19-year-old guys? You know, the reason that violence appeals to us and 19-year-old guys is it's just primal. It's exciting. Like that's that's the reason I think that. That Dark Horse wanted to start with this story. It's like it's a proper story. It has a beginning and a middle and an end, and it's based around excitement. And I drew a freaking car chase for God's sake. <laughs> I'm not like a I'm not like a Bruce Willis guy or anything, but it's like, man, there really comes a point in fiction where car chases make all the sense in the world. Yeah, and and fighting is exciting. All right, so that's playing to the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> There's some hearts torn out of bodies. A little bit, but really when I was doing it, I was like, okay, great. I want to write this fight story, but I mean, I don't want there to be a lot of fighting. I want it to be more about like the, the strategies the characters use and the, the, and the tricks they play on each other. And the <laughs> I wanted it to be funny. Ultimately, it's, it's also kind of, um, it's both a little bit subversive of that inclination towards ridiculous violence. And it's also sort of about the friendship between these two guys. Right. I mean, ultimately, it's kind of like the story that your fiction writing teacher always wanted you to write, because there's the characters are different at the end than the beginning, and I, I never knew how to do that, and I took writing classes for like four years at college. It just happened. Um, yeah, it, it is ultimately the story of these two guys, and we have a screenplay that we're about to finish up based on this story, and it goes even more into that, and it figures out like whose story this is and why it matters to these people so much. That's That's a... That's a beast of an undertaking. It's the sound of young America from MaximumFun.org. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest is Chris Onstad, the creator of the web comic series Akewood. We'll have more with Chris in just a minute. Production of The Sound of Young America is supported in part by Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered. Online at ask.metafilter.com. Maximum Fun is coming to San Francisco in January. You can catch The Sound of Young America live as part of SF Sketchfest at Cobb's Comedy Club on January 23rd, with special guests including the Casper Hauser Comedy Group and Sean Cullen. As if that wasn't enough, you can catch the Monsters of Podcasting, that's Jordan Jesse Go, and you look nice today, that very same weekend at the Eureka Theater. They're just two of the dozens of amazing shows at this year's SF Sketchfest, including the Upright Citizens Brigade, The State, and our podcasting pals Jimmy Pardo and Matt Belknap with Never Not Funny Live. Get your tickets now at sfsketchfest.com. Welcome back to The Sound of Young America from MaximumFun.org. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest, Chris Onstad, is the creator of the comic strip, Akewood. He's just put out a new compilation of the strip called The Great Outdoor Fight. 
how has having such a passionate, engaged audience um, changed what you do, or, or has it? It's a very good question, and you're and you're right on in asking it because one thing that happens is like. I go on the road and I meet these people and it's the greatest thing because for seven years I was working alone and you know the only feedback you get from your work is like bitchy teenager blogs and message boards and things. And so going out and meeting the people is just so validating because they're just so much good energy. Like you don't go to a signing to tell somebody he jumped the shark, you know, <laughs> in whatever time frame you deem that to have happened. These people have great energy and I'm like, God, I can't wait to get back home and, and get more to these people. And then I get home and I'm like, oh, man, how can I make something that's good enough for these people who are, like, so invested in it? It's intimidating to get home and try to write and work more knowing that everyone's out there waiting for it and has such a high opinion of it. I write stuff, and I throw away, like, two or three days' worth of writing sometimes just because I'm like, oh, it's not up to the standard that these people expect. So it, it kind of screws with your head, and I'm I'm a total... It's like I'm starting over. I'm I'm a total amateur again because I'm having to deal with being a more public persona now, and I'm not good at that, and I'm, uh, I've got to wrap my head around it. Like, when I first started out, I figured out, like, oh, okay, well, you know, the Internet's a two-way street. You put your stuff out there, and you're going to get people love it, and you're going to have to learn how to deal with criticism. And it took a long time because criticism really hurts. But I got to the point where I was like, ah, I know what they're coming from. They'll say the same thing all the time anyway. It's just That's just who we are. We all talk that way about everything, you know. But then when you go out and actually are engaged with the public, it's a totally different animal once again. So I guess late this year I'm learning how to do that as a skill I've got to wrap my head around, and it takes a while. Tell me about making your living doing this. You've been making your living doing this for about five years, is that right? Yeah, we finally got to the point where it could support us before my daughter was born. So four or five years ago, yeah, it became like okay, I'm not taking any more freelance work and either is my wife and we're focusing on this full time. So that means, okay, you you pack and ship from, you know, nine to five every day and you go to the PO and you're tired and you don't want to work anymore because you already worked a full day and now it's time to do the creative part of your day, which is the whole, you know, genesis of your enterprise. Start, you know, restart the clock at 6 p.m. and, you know, work till two or three in the morning. It's a it's a startup company like any other, you know. Um, that's that's about how long it takes a tech company to get off the ground. That's about how long it took a comic to get off the ground. We're at the point now where we have a full time employee with benefits. He has a little warehouse he works in. He's shipping, you know. I'm not going to say how many packages a day, but it's enough to occupy a guy. And um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a grind and. The thing is, it's like we live in Silicon Valley, but we're artists, so it's really kind of it's kind of hard to meet the cost of living around there as a cartoonist, you know, because, you know, you're next door to an engineer and a doctor and a lawyer and the, the little web of people who depend on each other. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a grind. This, working with Dark Horse has been really great because, it, for the first time ever, we have a product out there that we don't have to spend all day fulfilling. <laughs> People are doing the work for us. It's such a nice feeling. And by fulfilling, you literally mean putting in envelopes, writing addresses on the envelope. Well, we, we let a laser printer do that. We're sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> the A couple of the greatest comics of, of the past uh, 25 years had creators who uh, basically checked out of them after a, a length of time not dissimilar to how long you've been doing oh, we're getting Akewood. On scary ground here. 
And I, in hearing you describe this big step of going pro with this thing and making this not only your full-time living, but also your, your wife's who works on the business end of this, do you ever feel pressure from the, uh, the business side, the feeding your family side that makes the creative side difficult? Well, uh, the pressure that makes the work difficult is trying to keep the quality up. Like, we can always go pick up some money if we wanted to do a little work or something. Yeah, the the pressure is more just trying to make it matter and make it good, even after 1,500 strips and about 1,000 blog entries for all these characters. That that That's where the pressure lies. And then I think about, like, okay, well, Bill Watterson and Gary Larson, they retired. Like, they knew when to, I guess... And I, I can see where they're coming from the longer I do this because it's like, after all this time, have you covered everything? You know, if, with this set of characters, is there is there more you can do? So I've, yeah, I've been scaling back. I've been trying to figure out what I want to do with the work, and I've been um, I've putting I've been putting less of it in front of people. As as a result of that, people are still supportive though. You'll always get hate mail. I mean, I've been getting hate mail since like day two. Yeah, I'm trying to be careful with it and. Um, see where it goes because I, I am sort of at a crossroads now that like the the career has changed so much like having books out and flogging them and you know you go and you do you know signings and radio interviews and newspaper interviews over the phone and it's like where did all my time go and i'm burned out on talking about this for the day i don't want to write it all night oh yeah <laughs> Probably sound like a very grumpy man at this point. I've been airing like my grievances for. I'm just concerned half an hour. that I'm. I'm just concerned that I'm ruining your work. Oh no no no! You you take a number. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on the subject of hate mail, um, I once got a hate mail that said, "Maximum fun, more like maximum bore." You are a total loser. I like that. That's your signature on your email, isn't it? Oh, it was so perfect. It was so beautiful. <laughs> it was like a little poem. It's like you have to take it and embrace it and turn it out and spit it back out again, like you're doing. Like you acknowledge it and make fun of it. It's like how um, if there's a racial epithet about a group of people, if those people adopt that epithet and use it, it becomes powerless. So I just try to delete and not think about it, which is hard to do. But it all it all just sort of fades eventually. Well, Chris, I thank you so much for taking all this time to be on The Sound of Young America. It was really fun to have you. All right. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Chris Onstad is the creator of Akewood, which is online at akewood.com. And the new collection is called The Great Outdoor Fight. That's our time for another Sound of Young America program. I've been your host, Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. The show produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our theme music written and performed by Dan Grayson with help from myself. Interstitial music provided by Dan Wally. The show edited by Nick White. You can find us online at MaximumFun.org and email me at jesse at MaximumFun.org. We've got a special new feature for donors to the program. If you'd prefer to listen to The Sound of Young America as it is broadcast on the radio in a 59-minute, once-a-week chunk in a high-quality MP3 file, you now can. Check the inbox of your email address that's on your PayPal account for information. If you don't get that email anymore for whatever reason, you can email me directly, jesse at MaximumFun.org, and I'll share the feed address with you if that's how you'd prefer to listen to the show. Later this week, we'll talk with another webcomics creator, David Malky. Look forward to that, and we'll see you then on The Sound of Young America. <laughs>